Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. On cue, China is engaged in new drills because some members of Congress went to Taiwan. I mean, you think of all the work they did to show America and the world how serious they were. You can't go to Taiwan. We're, we're responsible for Taiwan. We're in charge. We're going to do this and that, and we're going to missile here and, 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 and exercises there. We're going to show you what's what. And then a bunch of senators and congressmen just show up like, hey, oh, look, it's Taiwan. Hmm. I, I, I heard the coffee here is to die for. Makes Xi Jinping look like a damn fool. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. 833 got Tony. I'd love to hear from you. Today's the day. 833-468-8669. You want to talk about Taiwan? You want to talk about uh, Trump and the Raiders or something, a subject on your mind? You know what? I open it up for everything. Let's get to it. 833-468-8669. China, a new wave of military exercises after the delegation from the U.S. arrived in Taiwan. Sending warplanes, ships off the waters of uh, Taiwan. And then uh, you've got the independent reporting uh, that you have U.S. commanders saying that China's military drills around Taiwan is a gorilla in the room that must be contested. So let's do a couple things here. First, I do not believe that the Biden team is smart enough or willing enough, strong enough to have said, let's send more people there to show uh, Xi Jinping as weak to his party and to the people. And it'll really show that America is unafraid. But as a strategy, you got to admit, that's a good one. My promise is I don't believe it's their strategy. I would love to. I would love to know that there's a little bit of faith that could be had that there are some adults, some adults, who could actually put pressure on G. Because this is a great way to do it. No, no, no matter who you are, just take a step back, sit on the bar stool, have a bourbon with me. This is an absolutely fantastic way to slap G in the face. You send Speaker Pelosi, or Speaker Pelosi goes, because I do believe Biden was opposed to it. I believe that to be true. And and he loses his mind, does all these exercises, and then there's another delegation. I mean, it's just, it's so good. It's too good. It is so good, it is too good. And then I start asking questions about whether or not this was all planned. Because it's really smart. But I've seen the Biden administration. And they don't sound like this. They sound like this. That's what they sound like. 
So there's no way they thought of this, right? But I love it. Oh, I absolutely love it. The question before us here is, what do they mean by be contested? So uh, they've, 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 uh, the Democrats are leading us in, in, into war? Is, is, that, is that what you mean by be contested? So we are clear. China was going to be dealt with one way or another. One way or another, China was going to have to be dealt with. China was going to have to be confronted. This moment was always going to come. Now, you could argue that there may have been a hundred other ways for things to be worked out with China, pushed with China, maneuvered with China. I won't say no. I believe you always get to this. You knew you were going to get to this when Biden was discussing being there if China was uh, if was going to attack Taiwan. Would the U.S. be there for Taiwan? Yeah, we made a promise. But we don't we don't want to interfere with the one China policy. We're we're, we're believers in the one China policy. But Taiwan, uh, you know, uh, can can choose its own course. We ride the edge right there with that wording. Do I think we need to get into a physical confrontation with China? I don't believe we do. But I do want to state for the record, regardless of who is president, that um, I believe China is a paper tiger. I follow the John Yu theory on this. Uh, Gordon Chang is, is, is about this. The, the, the very concept that China has never been punched in the face. Never ever been punched in the face and because they've never been punched in the face we have no idea whether or not they can take a punch to the face my take is paper tiger if you ask me what i think of china and what do i think of their abilities i make the argument of paper tiger i don't believe they have the capacity to take a hit. They wouldn't know what to do. Their entire capacity is to steal and to threaten. This is who they are. I am not arguing I want to fight. I'm arguing that if there was a fight, I believe that China will fold. The problem is we don't know whether or not our military is really up to it. Let me say that again. Take a breath before you start screaming at me. I don't believe, and you don't believe, that our military leadership is up to it. We are always very sure, as a society, we're talking about leadership and not the men and women who serve. We love the men and women who serve. We're appreciative of the men and women who serve. But the leadership, I mean, they'd they'd rather teach you about critical race theory, which, of course, is bigotry. UCLA, by the way, oh, great story. Oh, crap, great story. UCLA has launched a database to track, quote, attacks on CRT. The UCLA School of Law faculty have created the CRT Forward Tracking Project. As part of the UCLA Law's Critical Race Studies Program, dedicated to keep critical race theory in legal scholarship. 
It compiles information on institutions, bills, and programs that promote anti-critical race theory. I, I, I don't know yet if our program here has made the list. Oh, they don't mean radio programs. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'd still like to, still like to make the, the list. Imagine supporting critical race theory. Now, of course, they want to promote this as a legal theory to show how wokey, woke, woke, woke they are. And when it comes to schools, I have gone to talking about critical race curriculum, although it's all the same when they're like, oh, it's a college level thing. They don't teach it in schools, blah, blah, blah. The teachers, not all of them, far too many of them, inundated and believers in this bigotry and sharing that bigotry all the way around. It's not deniable. Are we are we still pretending somehow that this isn't happening? Because of course it's happening. Did you not get the story out of Minnesota? Oh, great freaking story out of Minnesota. Holy McCrap. White teachers get fired first under a Minnesota teacher's contract. So, according to the contract, the agreement states that teachers of color, quote, may be exempted from district-wide layoffs outside seniority order. Starting with the spring 2023 budget tie-out cycle, that's how they word it, if accessing or reducing a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the, in, in, in the site, the district shall access the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an underrepresented population. 60% of the students in Minneapolis are non-white. 16% of the tenured teachers are non-white. So what they're saying here is if, if, if you have to get rid of teachers for whatever reason, budget reasons, let's say, and the next teacher up is black, nope, go to the white teacher, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, before you fire a black teacher. That's how they're going to bring you equity, don't you know? This is their version of equity. They don't believe in merit. They certainly don't believe in meritocracy. They believe in quotas. They believe in the idea of showing how good and decent you are as opposed to being good and decent. Don't fire the teacher who's the problem. Fire the next white person up. That will make everything fair. You know, this gets followed up by a story about teachers in general. Oh, have you not heard this story about teachers in general? Oh, what a story I have about teachers in general. Uh, we don't. We don't have an, enough of them. We don't have a, a, an, enough of them. We have a massive teacher shortage in the U.S. and everybody under the sun is talking about it, discussing the fact that we don't have enough teachers because we don't have enough teachers going into the profession. The the, the schools for education simply don't have the people. But can you blame them? Can you blame them? Who in the world would want to go into education right now. Who would want to be a part of this? Who in the world wants to be around this level of bigotry, this level of hate, 
This is the Education Secretary, Miguel Cardona, on CNN. Joining us now is the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. Sir, thank you so much for being with us. I know you're hearing this from teachers. They have a myriad reason, myriad number of reasons why they are, you know, leaving. Are we at a crisis level here? You know, I, I mentioned across the country, we're at the doorstep of a crisis. And if we don't take it seriously, we're going to be facing what we experienced during the Omicron uh, spread where our teachers didn't have COVID, but they had to quarantine and we couldn't keep our schools open. Look, across the country today, uh, students are preparing or are going into school uh, for the first day. There's so much promise, so much hope. Um, and I'm excited about this school year. But we have to address this issue head on. Maybe it has something to do with the nonsense being fed to students and therefore teachers don't want to be around it. The wokeness being fed to students time and again and again. Maybe it has something to do with the wokeness of the uh, teachers' unions being fed to teachers and teachers who don't want to be around it. Maybe in a world where everyone's telling you you can quit your job and get a better job, teachers are like, wait a second, there might be some more money out there for me. I'll go do that. Could be either one. But we don't have teachers teaching. We have activists indoctrinating. And that activist indoctrination is absolutely perpetuated and promoted by the universities who believe they should be teaching CRT in law school as if it somehow doesn't filter down. That CRT is then something that the military thinks we should be instructing soldiers in as opposed to how to kill people and break things. And you ask why I wonder whether our military has the leadership capable of taking on China? see how that all ties together? I'm a professional, people. I do this for a living. No, I don't believe our leadership has what it takes to take on China. I don't. And then I see these members of Congress show up in Taiwan, slapping Xi Jinping in the face without saying a word, and I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. Man, I, I really, really hope I am. I'm Tony Katz. I wasn't sure which story I wanted to do next because there's been some madness going on on social media and I I need to break that down. If you follow my Twitter feed, you are about to jump into it. I was so trying to I, I wasn't trying. I was succeeding in being rational. And what I got a response of was so impossible. I believed that I was being trolled. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I wasn't. Maybe I wasn't being trolled. Maybe, maybe we've got bigger issues than, than we know. Donna DeErico is hot. Donna DeErico was uh, Baywatch, and Donna DeErico is um, still pretty dang attractive at the age of 54. Um, there are plenty of people who are attractive at the age of 54. Uh, she's one of them. And she has announced that she, Donna DeErico, 
is joining OnlyFans. Yes, 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 yes. And it's a very interesting post that she put on Instagram about this. She said, I'm doing it. My take on a vintage pinup poster. I obviously don't take myself or the fact that I'm on that site too seriously. This post may upset some people. I don't care, writes Donna to Erica. People think everyone on that site, OnlyFans, you know what OnlyFans is? Ryan, you do a lot of OnlyFans. Why don't you tell everybody what OnlyFans is? It's a interesting site with a lot of this different is putting things. Ryan on the spot, and I feel very good about it. I, OnlyFans is a place that people can join and watch people they want to watch get naked or engage in things or just photos. And you can do a whole bunch of things with it, but it's a subscription site, and it's been used mostly for porn. There, Ryan, I saved you. Thank you. I'm here for you. I have thought about doing an OnlyFans page, just not for porn. If you've never heard my OnlyFans idea, it's genius. We'll get to it another time. Donna DeErico's argument is that you go all over Instagram and Twitter and all the time celebrities posting nude and topless pictures of themselves, covering their important bits with their hands. Boom, thousands of likes and comments talking about body positivity and confidence and empowerment and you go, girl. But take the same photo of the same celebrity and put it on OnlyFans where she can control who sees it and now she's gross and hard up. People kill me. That's really, really good. Because I will tell you, uh, Instagram, Instagram is porn. Yes, 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 yes. It's insane what's on Instagram. I only assume TikTok is the same way. I'm not on TikTok. I'm Tony Katz on on Instagram if, if if you want to follow. No porn, just pictures of cigars and some videos of not porn. But her her argument is sound that when the Kardashians do it, it's it's wow, and when if someone doesn't only fans, it's ew. That's that is a solid sound cogent argument. Oh, and my only fans idea? It's uh 90 minute videos of me smoking a cigar, full suit, leather chair. Never looking at the camera, never talking. It's I'm just your I'm just your cigar partner. Just enjoy me smoking a cigar. $7.99 a month. How can I go wrong? How is this not a brilliant idea? Subscriptions now available. This is Tony Katz today. Congressional Budget Office saying the Inflation Reduction Act will cost middle class $20 billion in new taxes. This while the administration wants to tell us that it's going to cut inflation and won't raise taxes at all. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's always good to be with you. Brian Deese, he is, uh, by the way, the phone number here is 833-GOT-TONY. I said I want to hear from you. Make Ryan work. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Brian Deese is uh, one of Biden's uh, economic I- advisors, and uh, he wants you to know that uh, the, the Congressional Budget Office is just wrong. That's the people are going to start to see immediately. Now, so why does the Congressional Budget Office, which is bipartisan, 
uh, estimate that the proposal is only going to change the inflation rate by less than one-tenth of a percent over the next two years in either direction. Well, look, you've seen a lot of economists, a lot of experts, former Treasury secretaries of both political parties, and economists, including those who have been critical of us in the past, say that this is the most meaningful step that Congress and the president can take to try to reduce price pressures in the economy. And the principal driver behind that is that it's reducing the deficit. So it's complementary to what the Federal Reserve is trying to do at the same time that it's actually providing those direct savings to consumers. And so, look, there are different models that show different magnitudes of impact. Uh, but one place I would say that I think most models underestimate is on the energy side. Gas prices are already going down because people have said, I can't afford to go anywhere. So the money has to come from somewhere. So someone's still paying more taxes. Yet somehow you believe this is a reduction of inflation, this Keynesian models. Well, just really, really ugly, like super ugly. Spending will make energy cheaper. Again, it goes to this conversation of, well, it's not spending, it's investment. Um, Investment is spending. You sick, sick, terrible, twisted people. Twisted. It's like, again, with the the warrant. You don't understand that a warrant that says grab anything isn't something that Americans take as rational? What in the world was the FBI? What was Merrick Garland thinking? Former Deputy Assistant Attorney General John Yu. I think it points out that the search is overbroad for the alleged crime that occurred. Uh, for example, the claim that we saw in the warrant, and we're still waiting to see what the affidavit says and the Justice Department's opposing the production of that. Uh, the, warrant, uh, the warrant talks about possession of classified information, but then it says that you can collect every single document that was produced in the time period that President Trump was president. Most of those documents are not going to be classified. Most of those documents have nothing to do with any alleged criminal activity in the warrant. I bet a lot of the material that was taken that should be returned as overbroad and overcollected is probably that kind of material. Apparently, they took President Trump's passports. That has nothing to do with any kind of criminal activity. If they took attorney-client information or they took executive privilege information, some of those documents do belong in the possession of the government. But they really should not have been taken because they have nothing to do with any alleged criminal activity. John Yu is a professor at Cal Berkeley, law professor. The passports, by the way, the FBI, the claim was the FBI never had the passports. They didn't take the passports. Trump is lying. Trump wasn't lying. They took the passports. They returned it to him on Monday. It wasn't on the list of the things, the inventory list of what they took during the raid. But it was allowed because the warrant was so massively broad. And as John Yu points out, we need the affidavit. We need to know who said what and what were they looking for. We'll get an indictment on Trump, but we won't know what it was that the warrant was looking for. Seems like the warrant was looking for a crime. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Laverne Beria. From Stalin's secret police. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That clearly seems to be the story here. And it's an ugly story. 
But there are some other ugly, ugly stories going on. I have been paying attention to this story about Boston's Children's Hospital and what it is they are or are not doing. The allegation at the first, at the quick, was that they were putting out videos that were about kids or helping kids you know, say, hey, look, uh, you want to change gender. My goodness, we're here to help. And we offer all of these gender-affirming surgeries like hysterectomies. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. There's a couple of these kinds of videos. And there are people out there who absolutely believe that children, 14-year-olds, should be allowed to decide whether or not they want a surgery to mutilate themselves. Now, some people get hysterectomies because of medical reasons. Some people have hysterectomies because of personal reasons. I, not, I judge none of these. When a child wants a hysterectomy because they say, I'm really a boy, and you allow that to happen, it's child abuse. You should go to jail and doctors should lose their licenses and hospitals that allow this should be closed down. Is this what Boston Children's Hospital is doing? The answer is I'm not so sure because it seems that Boston's Children's Hospital is saying that they offer services but that doesn't mean that they're simply going about giving every 14-year-old a hysterectomy who asks for one. But as got noted by the Daily Caller, the site used to read, uh, according to the sources, that people who are eligible for a vaginoplasty, rhinoplasty would be for the nose, vaginoplasty would be for... Um, to qualify for vaginoplasty at Boston Children's Hospital, you must be at least 17 years old and meet certain criteria. I'm sorry, did you say 17? 17 is not the age of adulthood. 17-year-old can't make this decision. Now it reads, to qualify for vaginoplasty at Boston Children's Hospital, you must be at least 18 years old and meet certain criteria. So did the story... People like Libs of TikTok and others who have been discussing this, did that lead them to make a change? And were they ever really offering these services without parental consent? That's something that needs some study and some some investigation. This led to a conversation, something that I have said many, many times on this show, and unapologetically, children cannot make health decisions for themselves. Children's can, children cannot give consent. Children cannot decide uh, their, their medical uh, uh, dealings. That's what parents are for. They're children. And children need to be protected more often than not from themselves. And someone on Twitter started saying to me, well, why can't they make this decision? What, what do you mean, why can't they make this decision? And if you follow my Twitter feed, you will see 
insanity. Pure, raw insanity. I mean, when I discuss the idea of people changing their gender, well, an adult can make the claim they're changing their gender, but they are what they are. You can do what you will. If, if you want to, if you're a man, you want to live your life as a woman or vice versa, I'm not going to stop you. But you're an adult. I may not understand it. I'm not going to stop it. Children are different. Children don't get to make this decision. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Children cannot make certain decisions, I tweeted out, because they are children. They need to be protected more often than not from themselves. To which the response to me was, no matter how hard you try, you aren't going to pray the gay away. Whoa. If you think the conversation of gender dysphoria is about being gay, you don't understand anything about anything. I mean nothing about nothing about ungats. But people are embarrassing um, in, 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 in that way. I was told that it's not child abuse letting a 14-year-old be true to themselves. And then this guy writes, again, I knew that I liked girls when I was 14. A 14-year-old knows a lot more about themselves than you do. A 14-year-old liking boys or liking girls is far different than a 14-year-old saying, I am going to mutilate myself. You would allow a 14-year-old to do that? Somehow they know? They don't know. They don't know. To which I am told that, you know, uh, doctors will go through all that and explain to them what it entails, and it shouldn't be left up to, like, you or I. Child abuse would be making it done to them without their consent. But that's the argument. Children cannot consent. To which the response is, why can't children consent? At that moment, I believe I am being punked, and this is a troll. Except it doesn't seem to to be like that. They seem to be legitimate. We have seen this before, where there are actual grown-ups saying, why can't children consent? I will now take you down the darkest road and the darkest timeline. Abed was right. This is a conversation we've been having on this show for three or four years. Because the last time, when when I had the conversation that made this, got me to the theory, I was actually walking through the streets of New York with a friend. Walking around, uh, not but not in Central Park. If you make the argument that children can make their own medical decisions, you're making the argument that children can decide when they have an abortion. You're making the argument that children can decide whether or not uh, they um, are a certain gender and have surgeries for it. They can make their own medical decisions so they can take medicines or they can take hormones or whatever it is they choose to take. If you want to get into this idea that children have agency control of themselves then children can vote if you believe that children have agency and can make their own medical decisions and therefore can vote of what purpose is the parent 
The child can make decisions, therefore the protective role of the parent is not essential. Certainly, their legal obligation and authority over the child has to be eradicated. And if a child can make their own medical decisions, and if a child can vote, and if a child is no longer subject to the rule of their parents, why can a child not decide whom they love? even if they're 35. Oh, not the child. The child's still 14. The slippery slope is no longer slippery. It is something we have discussed here for years and is factual. If children have agency, children can decide whom they love, and that can be with any age and any sex in any way. Who are you to get in the way? If you have never understood that that is exactly where this goes, because cultural Marxism is about breaking down norms and standards to get to all things being acceptable, because after all, why not? That is how you destroy a Western civilization or any civilization or culture or standards. When children are no longer protected, but actually nothing more than pieces of flesh to be manipulated by adults, that is not a society that can thrive. That is a society that is doomed. And I got a guy on Twitter asking, why can't children consent? And then when I responded with, because they're children. I mean, there was no other response. My response to why can't children consent was because they are children. Well, that's when it exploded, and and uh, the, the the retweets and people commenting. My Twitter feed is nuts at the moment. At Tony Katz, the answer is because they're children, and this is why. Whether it's in the classroom, or on the street, or anywhere. Children have to be protected more often than not from themselves and certainly from the bigots who believe that children can decide their pronouns and decide their gender and want to hide it from parents. Those bigots who are sometimes teachers need to be fought. Those administrators need to be fought. Those union heads need to be fought. A society that doesn't protect children is not a society long for this world. It is a society that will fail. Guaranteed or your money back. We're not debating. And we should never be debating the safety and security of children who desperately need parents now more than ever. There are people out there who want to do harm you cannot fathom. And they do it in the guise of, well, why not? And when you don't have the perfect answer, see, you just hate children. And oh, and if you don't let them do this or do that, that leads them to suicide. And you're the one creating the stigma on them. This guy tried that with me. It didn't go too well. Fight for your kids. Protect your kids. Love your kids enough to say no. Love them enough to when the moment is warranted to say no. I'm Tony Katz. Hell, 
so Alex Wagner takes over for Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. Maddow will do her show on Monday night. Wagner does her show in the same time slot Tuesday through Friday. Uh, she didn't, well, didn't her show now with Alex Wagner fail? And then, um, then there was, of course, you know, she, she's done other things, including being the executive producer of the circus on Showtime. But did she get hired because she'll be the only Asian American to host a primetime cable news show? Did she get hired because she has an intellectual rigor that they wanted? Is anybody going to be watching? Well, more people will be watching that than CNN, which is a massive dumpster fire of ratings. You know what kills me? All those people, CNN and MSNBC, they make more money than I do. Very frustrating. This is Tony Katz today.